I do have a couple of stories to share about Indonesia today. But before that, I actually want to brag about something a little bit closer to home. So um, I don't think Krista's here this morning. I haven't seen her. But um, six months ago, she came to Phil and I and said, I've got this really crazy idea. I crochet and I knit, and I feel that God wants me to turn it into a ministry. She said, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I really feel that this is something God's calling me to do. So as we do, you know, we sit down and we talk it through with her and we say, well, you know, maybe you could do this, this and this. And she was just buzzing. And so she came up with this big plan about what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it. And so Stitch for Love was birthed out of that dream. When she started her goal, um, which was six months ago, her goal was to, to knit 120 scarves and beanies for, you know, people that need it because this weather is freezing. Um, last week, she went to Corshaw School in Hamilton, which is a decile one school, um, and her and her team have knitted 340 scarves and beanies, <laughs> which means that every single kid in that school is going to be warm this winter. Um, it's so good, you know. Um, her team is growing. She, they've had donations of wool. It's just been phenomenal. And so it's really, really exciting for me to see people stepping out of their dreams, you know. They have this crazy idea. She's like, it's just a hobby. And God is like, I can use that. So before I even start, I just want to encourage you guys. If you've got a hobby, if you've got something that God has gifted you with, there is a reason for that. And so I encourage you to explore what that would look like. Um, next Monday night, which is the July the 16th, um, Stitch for Love and Dot K have got a combined event, which I'm super excited about. So Krista and a few of her team are going to come along, and we've got um, mums and daughters and aunties and grandmas and all sorts of females coming along, and they're going to learn how to crochet. And everyone's going to crochet one or two little squares, and then Krista's going to sew that all together, and we're going to give it to some girls in need. So for me, that's just like win-win. Like, yay! I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Indonesia. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I've been really struggling to find my words over this since we've, well, even since we were over there, Mel and I just, I don't know how many times, looked at each other and just went, there are just no words. It was one of these places that was beautiful and heartbreaking all at the same time. You know, one moment my heart was sinking because of the poverty that we saw, and we saw some pretty raw things. And the next minute I was in tears of happiness because of the hope that we could see that God is bringing into these people's lives. Everywhere we went, we felt the presence of God, and it was amazing. And this is in one of the biggest Muslim countries in the world. God's presence is definitely, definitely felt there. Mel and I um, kept journals. God, this is something God said to me before you left. He said, you need to keep journals and write everything that you see and experience. And it's been really helpful for me just to get everything out of my head onto paper. Um, I know the first day that when we arrived, I was so overawed at all the sights and the sounds and the experiences, and I was trying to take photos of everything. Like I was just trying to capture it all. And Phil in his wisdom said, you, you, you just can't capture it all. You can't photograph what you're feeling. You can't photograph what you're experiencing. So just enjoy. 
Um, so we did take quite a few photos, but they just don't give the heart of what actually happened there. One of the things that surprised me the most, and I'm actually not quite sure why it did, but it did, was that when I got over there, my heart for the girls just broke. Like, when I got over there, I thought it would be like the littlies that would really touch my heart, but it was the dot K age girls, those girls that were sort of, you know, eight to teens that really tugged at my heartstrings. Um, on the first night, we were in Ballygay um, at the church there. Uh, we did, uh, or Phil ran a youth conference for them, so they had the youth group on the Saturday night? I've lost track. Saturday night. Um, and Mel and I had the privilege of praying for every single girl there while Stu and Phil prayed for the boys. And it was really funny because everything was done through an interpreter. And I sort of thought that their prayer request would be, um, you know, we need a home, we need food, we need, you know, shelter. But what they needed was they needed to know that they mattered. They needed to know that they were loved and they needed to know that there was purpose in their lives. And it just goes to show me, you know, different country but same problems. Like our girls all around the world suffer from self-esteem issues and eating issues and, and lack of identity in who they are. And so Mel and I had the privilege of praying over all of these girls and it was just, there were tears flowing from everybody. Um, I don't think there was a day there, Mel, that we didn't cry. Yeah, lots of tears, but good tears. You know, some were sad tears, but most of it was just overwhelming. God, you're amazing tears. That night we prayed for the girls we came, um, you know, we were sort of doing down the line. And when we came to this girl, I really felt that she just needed a, a mum's hug, you know. So I said through the interpreter, would it be okay if, if I hugged her? And so the interpreter spoke. The next thing, this girl just like leached onto me and just clung to me and just sobbed. And she just sobbed and sobbed. And I sobbed was sobbing by that time as well. But it was just really amazing to me how... You know, we couldn't understand each other. I was standing next to this beautiful girl who neither of us could understand each other, but we could both understand God's love. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a really powerful, powerful time for me. Over the next couple of days, we got to hang out with the girls. Um, we got to speak into their lives, and we got to pray for them. And it was really amazing just seeing... Jesus in their eyes, like these girls and guys, actually, yeah, really guys as well, they know how to worship Jesus, you know, it's not just stand there and, you know, these guys are giving their heart and soul to God, it's just, it's really beautiful to see, um, yeah, they take thousands of selfies, so if you get your camera out, you're just absolutely swarmed by girls, and they have a tendency to um, lower their hand when they've got their arm around you, and pinch you. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a thing that they do, and so you kind of get used to it, but not really. It's, yeah. <laughs> Phil loves it, me not so much. Um, on that note, I'm going to get Mel and Stu to come and share what they're going to share with us, please. Because I know they're super excited to share it. Thank <laughs> you.
Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone that prayed for us because it was it was very much felt. Um, and um, hopefully I won't get too teary. Um, <coughs> so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a journey of how this happened for me. Um, there was no way that I was going to go over to a third world. Um, my journey was thinking that I needed to tidy up my own backyard. Um, God had put this kind of, well, I thought that God had said, no, definitely tidy up your own backyard. But um, he had other thoughts for me. Um, Ten days out, <laughs> Vanessa, you gave us a testimony of your your um, life, of what was going on, and thank you for that. Um, she tested my, my thoughts, and so did God. Um, and that ended up, been around the table with Phil and Kathy on that Sunday night, booking some tickets. <laughs> Ten days out. <coughs> I had said to Phil, yeah, if you can get some tickets, thinking, on the same flight as Kathy, there's no way, because we had more than one flight to catch. Um, yeah, I ate my words on that. <laughs> But I am truly, truly grateful, and it's been one of the most amazing trips of my life. Um, as you would have known, we got a little bit sick, some more than others. Um, and this was on the Tuesday it kind of started. And I recommend drinking Coke Zero, a Coke if you do go over. Um, and we, yeah, we ended up with this kind of tummy bag and I felt terrible sun, uh, the Wednesday morning, kind of thought, do I want to eat breakfast, do I not want to eat breakfast, um, and everything was just not feeling right. Um, Stu and Kathy decided they were going to go downtown. I said no, I had needed to stay beside the toilet. <laughs> um, and I think you were, Phil was, Pastor Phil was feeling sorry for himself by that point too. Um, <laughs> and um, it kind of gave me a little bit of a time to think as well while I was in my room because so much has happened in, in such a short space of time. And then I was thinking, flip, it's Wednesday. We're meant to be going out to a house um, to meet some people for a house meeting that had been arranged very short, very short timing. And we got to lunchtime. I was still feeling a little bit off, but thought, no, I'm going to go with Kathy and Stu and go out to Pastor Yoss and Ellie's for lunch. We were told that we were still going, um, and by then we were like, no, Phil is going to be ready. He's going to be good to go. Yep, that didn't happen either. Um, we thought that um, Phil was going to be our guide through the night. That changed quite quickly. And um, by the grace of God, it was one heck of a night. It was, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, um, that night before, lunch, uh, before dinner, we got to Pastor Yoss and Ali's and I've got a really big thing for lots of food, and I still wasn't, I still wasn't right. And 
we didn't realise that Pastor Yoss and Ellie were sick also, to the point where um, Pastor Ellie was sweating, she was in really not a good way, and we were like, flipping heck, are we going to actually going to go? Shall we cancel? But me and Kathy and Stu both decided, no, we weren't going to stop this. This was not going to stop. And we started putting out some prayer requests, and some of you may have got some from Kathy and Phil got one, and he was up for a little bit longer than expected, I think, after me putting out a few prayer requests for us. Um, we ended up jumping in a caravan, and we started going up to this, through this mountain, and it was flipping awesome, going into a jungle, which I never thought I would say, into a shack. Um, so on this, we first went to this first house, and... The whole idea was salvation, healing, um, and we got to this first house and there was four people there. Um, the first lady, she had had cancer, and she had cancer in both her breasts, um, and one had exploded, um, and so we prayed for her. We were like, yep, we're going to do this, and Kathy was amazing, I must say. She really got out of her comfort zone and just started laying hands on, um, which then we and Stu followed um, once we got out of our nerve, nervous situations. Um, and we started praying for this lady, and we finished with her, and then there was another lady sitting down, and she wanted to be pray, um, prayed for salvation. And um, as we were praying for her, we, we heard us crying and, and yahooing, and we were like, going on over here we've prayed for her and she's going like this and we did not realize that she has not been able to move her neck because of all of the cancer um and by then we're in tears as we were <laughs> it was too <laughs> and um in the process of this when we were praying for this other lady for salvation the lady beside her had healing in her arm as we were healing for this person for salvation. She all of a sudden started going like this, and she was not able to straighten her arm at all. Um, and then as we were going through that process, Ellie behind us, Pastor Ellie, <coughs> she, um, oh, she um, said she was healed from her sickness. She had completely all completely gone. Um, it's really hard to paint a picture when you've seen something and, and experienced it. But it is very, very heartwarming. Um, we then jumped in a car with, oh, there was a few of us by then. Um, and we, we took the salvation lady, we took her with us and she jumped in the car with us and we decided to go off to another house. This went up into a really goat, 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 a track, not even a, it was, yeah, tiny, I was thinking flipping heck, and I was crying quite severely by that point, um, it was, and then we stopped half in the middle of the road, picked up another mum and a kid, and then carried on our journey, more up into the mountains, into the jungles, and we get to this shack, and then the driver took off and said, I'm just going to go and get some more people down at the village. So just go and make yourself at home and we'll be back. 
um, the whole shack had no, it was just, it was just a plain shack, no seats, there was nothing in there, because it was their house, um, just wood, just a little floor, that was it, um, and this whole, how big would it have been? Very tiny. And we managed to get all of us in there. There would have been over about 20 of us, if not more, all squished in right around the edges, basically. Um, and then we had, we did some more, and did some, well, Stu's um, did a bit of a testimony, which he did, did do very well. <coughs> um, and um, it's not easy getting it out of your comfort zone, let alone talking to people that don't understand you and then have a translator trying to translate, so you get quite confused quite quickly. Um, and we were, after that, we decided to pray um, for, for these people. And we came to this, the, the people that owned the shack. Um, and so we got them to sit down in the middle, got them to hold hands, to unite them as one. Um, and we started praying over them because she wanted to speak in tongues. And she also wanted to, they also wanted to have more babies. So we uh, said, yep, that's cool, we can do this. Started put laying hands on them, and next thing you know, <coughs> we were praying, and um, it was quite interesting because she starts to dry reach and starts to look convulse and think, I, I open my eyes and I'm like, oh, I'm right in the view of where she's going to, if she's going to vomit, <laughs> I am going to get this. So I backed off quite quickly. In this process, in time, they came with a green bowl. Um, after, after we'd prayed for them, we didn't actually realise that she was Muslim, her family, and um, we saw deliverance 